Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 19th of July 2015, entitled, Deceived and Destroyed or Divinely Delivered. And the Bible reading is taken from Obadiah, verses 1 to 21. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Right, if you'd like to be opening your Bibles this morning to the book of Obadiah. Obadiah. Of course, as you look there, you'll find that it's uh, just probably one or two pages in your, uh, in your Bible, uh, just before the book of Jonah, just after the book of Amos, Obadiah, a prophet, only one chapter, 21 verses long, and that's where we're going to take our reading from this morning, prophet Obadiah. Right, I invite you to stand this morning to honor the reading of God's holy word taken from the book of Obadiah, beginning in verse 1. Word of God says, The vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. If thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee, and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that every one of the mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. 
Neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, in the house of Esau for stubble. They shall kindle in them and devour them. There shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. They of the south shall possess the mount of Esau. They of the plain, the Philistines, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath. The captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Shepherod, shall possess the cities of the south, and saviors shall come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Father, we thank you again for your word. Lord, we know there's much in this passage, Lord, in these few 21 verses but I pray that you'd help us to grab just a few nuggets there today that would speak to our hearts that which you would use to change us today, to save the lost, to restore the backslider. Lord, to bring each and every one of us as your children into a closer walk with you. Encourage us, strengthen us, help us, Lord, as only you can. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Edom, the Edomites, they were the descendants of Esau, and of course, Esau, if we look right back to when he gave up his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of red pottage, they said that he was called Edom because of that red pottage and also because of at his birth being such red skin colored. But his descendants became known as the Edomites. Now we know from past studies that Esau hated Jacob for losing his birthright to him. His descendants inherited that hatred as so many times happens when hatred is just passed on to the next generation and the next generation. They hated the nation of Israel. And we read many accounts in the Old Testament of the battles between Israel and, and these people and they were just always ready to join hands with any enemy of Israel that they thought might bring harm to God's people. We find that we could read many of those things, but what we recognize as we look here today, that we see this prophet Obadiah coming on the scene. And when he came there, these Edomites, as he's seeing in this vision that the Lord has given him, they were feeling all secure in their homes and their lifestyles. They actually felt that there was nothing that could possibly touch them that could harm them. They were totally inaccessible by their enemies. They were secure in their own strengths and their prosperity and all that they had built for themselves. They had the upper hand. <laughs> they were better 
than those around them. They were safe. We'll see this worldly people that had turned their back against God and against his people. We see them living lives that they felt totally secure and prosperous in. They honestly believed nobody could bring them down. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that anybody here visited Edom? You ever been there on holiday? (laughs) Have you ever met or talked to an Edomite? Why? (laughs) No. Because they weren't so prosperous and secure as they thought. But how about their enemy that they felt so secure? Has anybody heard of the nation of Israel by chance? (laughs) Does anybody know where the nation of Israel is at? What about the nation of Edom? Where is it located? You see, the reality is, is that God's people have survived against all the odds. There have been many that thought that they were more prosperous and they were more intelligent and they had gained some position to where those that believed in all of that stuff were somehow less despised by the world. Once we look at this passage briefly, I want to just pick out a few things about this nation of Edom that were true historically, but also that will give us spiritual truths that specifically apply to you and I and the nation in which we live today. You see, Edom in Scripture is also a type of the world. And just as surely as God chose a people that he called Israel, God's chosen out another people in the New Testament, a people that belong to him, a people that belong to his church, the church that Jesus Christ is building. As we look at this passage, both as far as its near prophetic truths and its far distant truths, I want us to look because it gives us a look at the attitudes of people's hearts, the attitudes of not only the Edomites that no longer exist, but of the hearts of people all around us today, hopefully not here in our presence today. We're going to break this prophecy down into really three sections that I just want to focus upon briefly. A people deceived, a people destroyed, and a people delivered. A people deceived, a people destroyed, and a people delivered. First of all, we see here, we've looked at verses 1 and 2 and the vision that came and who it came to. In verses 3 through 7, we find the Bible focusing upon this people, the Edomites, that were a deceived people. You see, they were deceived from within and they were deceived from without. They were totally deceived. They did not, according to Scripture, it wasn't that even though Israel was their enemies, they were honestly deceived and they honestly believed that they were better. They honestly believed what they believed. They despised God's people for what they did. You see, the first way that they were deceived from within was by their pride Verse 3 says, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. We could look, and I wish we had time this morning, but you can go back and look for yourself if you want. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 to 18, we find that that was one of the first characteristics of Satan, of Lucifer himself. 
They describe his origin and his fall and the reason for his fall. And the words there said, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Lucifer thought that he was better than the other angels. As a matter of fact, he came to believe that he was better than God. He was lifted up because he thought that he was such a grand person. God created him. God gave him all the beauty that he had. But he began to see the very beauty that God had given him as personal pride, <laughs> taking credit for him himself for who he was. Now you see, Satan reproduces himself in the fallen race of Adam. Just as he felt that pride, he reproduces that in mankind, and they feel that same pride. The world today has the same problem that Satan had and had the same problem that Edom had. The pride of their hearts have honestly deceived them. The pride of man's heart causes him to think that he's good, that he's great, that he's grand, that he's okay. Pride. Is one of the great weapons, but not only by their pride, but notice here that they were also deceived by their position. He goes on to say, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock whose habitation is high, that saith in thine heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? They dwell in the clefts of the rocks, their habitation is high. Again, the geography here that is describing the world has this false sense of security. The Edomites had built themselves up on the cliffs in the high ground and in in literally in, the, in, in caves in the, in the sides to where they couldn't be reached. They couldn't be touched. The enemy couldn't possibly get to them there. They were secure in their position that they had built, the security that they had built for themselves. You see, they not only took pride in themselves and all that they were and what they had done, they felt that they had put themselves into a position, a position. And with that position, notice came power. Who shall bring me down to the ground? Who's going to be able to tear me down? Who's going to be able to take me on? Who's going to be able to destroy me? See, they were deceived. They honestly believed that they were the greatest. They honestly believed that they'd put themselves into a position that was untouchable. They honestly believed that they had such power that nobody could touch them. He goes on in verse 4, Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Their pride, their position, their power, their prosperity. Does any of this sound familiar? People today... They take pride because they have educated themselves so well. They have accomplished so much. They've been able to achieve such a fantastic position in life that nothing can touch them, that nobody can get to them, that they're, they're secure in all of their intelligence. They're secure in all of their defenses. They're secure in all of these things because they have the power. They hold the power. Who could possibly tear me down? Who can possibly bring me down? I've accomplished this and I've accomplished that. We try to soar with the eagles, even above the eagles. You see, that's what the Edomites thought. And as I look around today, I see that same type of Edomite thinking absolutely running through society today. We are the despised. We are the ones 
that don't have the intelligence that they have achieved. We are the ones that are dependent upon others instead of ourselves. You see, they were deceived from within, but they were not only deceived from within, they were deceived from without. (laughs) You see, the enemy came at an unexpected time. The Bible says here, like a thief in the night. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) If thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? In other words, notice, they had built their homes in the cliffs. They had put themselves so high, their defenses were so strong. But yet, the enemy would come in by night. The enemy would sneak in like a thief. The enemy would come when they didn't expect it at night, like that thief would come in. But they would also come in an unexpected way. Not just taking some things, but he's talking here about literally leaving nothing behind. You know, if a robber came in, would they not have just stolen till they had enough? Wouldn't they have just taken what they needed, what they thought was valuable? But that's not the way it's going to be. (laughs) You see, it's going to come in an unexpected time. It's going to come in an unexpected way. And it's going to come from an unexpected enemy. He goes on, how are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? Listen, all the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the borders. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. In other words, who is it that has defeated you? The very ones that you thought were your friends. The very ones that you thought were there to protect you. The very ones that said they were bringing peace. And yet, those are the ones that came against you. You see, the first thing we see here is a people that are totally deceived. They're totally deceived from within themselves their own pride, position, power, prosperity, these things that make people up, those things that keep building those blocks like we showed the church. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've been. Look what I can do. Build themselves. But deceive from without. (laughs) The enemy. The old enemy. Yes, Satan himself. (laughs) But all those that are part of him, they come, oh, we're your friends. (laughs) We're going to try to make you better. We're going to protect you. We're going to bring you peace. The very ones that you least expect it from. He says, they're going to come. They're going to come when you're not expecting them. They're going to come in a way that is even beyond your imagination. They're going to do more to destroy and take than even you think. We find that it was a people that was deceived, but secondly, a people that because of that deception, a people that were destroyed. What does he say at the end of verse 4? Thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Yes. Yes. In fact, you can take all this pride, your, your position, your power, your prosperity, all those things that you've done. The enemy's going to come against you. But in the end, it's my hand, my hand that is going to allow, bring your destruction 
Notice what he goes on to say in verse 8 and 9. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that every one of the mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. This people, no matter what they thought and what they'd risen to and what they'd accomplished, they're going to be destroyed by the very hand of God. Why? Because of their sin, because of their stand against God and his people. Preacher, we don't stand against God. Oh, we've looked. And you know, I, I don't even know why God got me here today. But I knew God, God knows. The last two Sundays, we've looked at this importance of being on the winning side. I can only presume that there's some of you, there's somebody here that's listening to this, that's in your own battles, that you've been caught up in things, and God wants to get a message across to you. You see, there's only two sides. These people were on the wrong side that we looked at the last two weeks. They were on the enemy's side. Everybody that came to stand against God's people, they stood with them instead of with God's people. And down through verses 10 through 14 there, he goes through those things. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall come over thee. And thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. You were there, joining in, helping the enemies that came against my people. Thou shouldest not looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger, neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. Not only were you there with them, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have done these things not to help them. You shouldn't have just stood by and, and, and let it happen. Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. You shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity. You should not have laid hands on their substance in the days of the calamity. You were taking advantage of the situation, even when others had destroyed them. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have stood against God and against his people. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. Neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. We could say many things here, but what I want you to see and grasp simply is this. This people is being destroyed. Whatever's coming against them, ultimately they're being destroyed by the hand of God himself. And they're being destroyed because of sin and standing against God's people. And let me tell you this, they're being destroyed beyond existence. What does he say in verse 15 and 16? For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen as thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink and they shall swallow down. Listen, and they shall be as though they had not been. I mean, they're going to be so totally, utterly destroyed that it's as if they never existed in the first place. They were never there. Oh, yes. This people were totally deceived. They believed that they really were good people, intelligent people, that they had arrived, that they were secure. 
They believed it, but they were being deceived from within and from without. The enemy was coming, but their destruction, they would be destroyed. They would be destroyed by God's hand because of sin, because of standing against God's people and beyond existence as if they had never been. God declares this judgment against this people by more than one prophet in Scripture. As a matter of fact, you'll find that Isaiah declares it, Jeremiah declares it, Amos declares it, Ezekiel. For the sake of time, we'll just read that one. Notice what Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 35. He says this, beginning in verse 3, and say unto it, Let's start to see who he's talked to. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against, against Mount Seir and prophesy. Mount Seir was the most prominent place in Edom. And say unto it, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O Mount Seir, I am against thee, and I will stretch out my hand against thee, and I will make thee most desolate. I will lay thy cities waste, and thou shalt be desolate, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord because thou hast had a perpetual hatred and hast shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will prepare thee into blood and blood shall pursue thee since thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. Thus will I make Mount Seir most desolate and cut off from it him that passeth out and him that returneth. And I will fill his mountains with his slain men in thy hills and in thy valleys and in all thy rivers shall they fall that are slain with the sword. I will make thee perpetual desolations and thy cities shall not return and you shall know I am the Lord. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that we see here a people deceived. But that people that are deceived are going to become a people destroyed as if they had never been. I want to ask you a question. Do you think as we look around us today that we could possibly be living in the days of the long-term fulfillment of that? We know that short-term that Edom was totally totally wiped off the face of the earth. Edom existed to the southeast of where that, that Israel is. It's not there now. It's in what would be, I guess, part of Jordan today. It does not exist. It's as if it had never been. We find that in Matthew chapter 24, we could read it all, but again, time is against us. But let me just read you a couple of verses. First of all, from verses 3 to 9, Matthew chapter 24 Verses 3 to 9 say this. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man, what's the next word in your Bible? Deceive you. Be careful. You don't want to be as the Edomites. You don't want to be a deceived people. Be Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. You can read on down to all those that will be delivered, the differences. But notice down in verse 36 of this same chapter, he says to us there, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I'm asking you, do you think that we might be living in those days the possible fulfillment? Another deceived people. Another people destroyed. But folks, that's not the way it has to be. Because we see in this passage not only a people deceived, and not only a people destroyed, but thank God we see a people that are delivered Notice, if you would, notice down in verses 17, he says, but, <laughs> what was the last? We ended in verse 16, they shall be as though they had never, though they had not been. Those people that were deceived will be destroyed as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion shall be what? Deliverance, praise God. Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. They shall kindle them and devour them. There shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain the Philistines, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead, and the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Shepherd, shall possess the cities of the south. You see, a people delivered, <laughs> a world possessed by God's people. <laughs> You can go right through the list there. You see, it's the enemies that are destroyed. But all of that enemy's possessions have become God's people's. The very ones that the enemy was coming against, God's people that they were trying to destroy and put down by God's hand. It's the enemy that's been destroyed and God's people hold the possessions in their hands. But you know what? Why does God's people hold those possessions in his hand? Look at the last verse. And Savior's shall come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. The kingdom shall be the Lord's. The kingdom shall be the Lord's. Yes, there'll be a day when it's God's people. Here, literally short term, the nation of Israel won out over the Edomites. Right now, today, the nation of Israel still survives and will survive, and there's still future prophecy, and they will have their place. Let me tell you something else. That day is coming when the Lord will set up his kingdom. God's people 
the battle of Armageddon, God's people are going to be the victors. But it's all going to be delivered to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate victor. You see, Edom was a land and a nation of people upon this earth, a people deceived, deceived by their own pride, position, power, and prosperity, a people deceived by the very people that promised to be friends and bring them peace and do so much for them, a people destroyed by God's hand because of their sin, because of their stand against God, a people that were destroyed beyond existence as if they had never even been. So what exactly lies ahead for us, Pastor? We live in a world much the same today. And we live in a world today that has been promised the same judgments of destruction. As we look around us, what do we see? What should be our response? How should we act toward those who are living as Edomites? Well, I won't turn back and read it again now because we did it during the children's sermon. We could, just like the two characters we saw in that children's sermon earlier. We could be like the Pharisee. I mean, we are the religious folks. We're the ones that are in church today. We're the ones that are singing the praises to God today. We're reading our Bibles. We're sitting under the preaching. We're doing all these good things. We could, just like that Pharisee, look down on those and just despise them because of who they are and what they are and how much better we are than they are. Or we could be like the publican, fall upon our face before God, and rather trying to build ourselves up in comparison to others. Go to God to make us better people. Let God do the changing. Let God do the building. Not what we can do, but what he can do. If we look into the gospel of Luke, and I want to read you just a couple of passages here in closing this morning. The gospel of Luke chapter 13, just a few pages back from where we read earlier. Notice Again, Jesus speaking, he said here, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Well, those people are really messing up over there. They're really, really bad people. <laughs> they're, 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 they're getting their worship all wrong. They're doing things, they're not doing things right. And Jesus answering said unto them, suppose ye that... These Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things, because they allowed such things to go on. Do you think that they're probably bigger sinners than anybody else amongst them? I tell you, nay, no. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? You think that just because they were the ones that the judgment came on that wiped them out, do you think that's because they were bigger sinners? Jesus said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. 
You see, as far as I can see in Scripture, there's only one message for all of us. And it's a simple message, and that's repent. Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll perish just like them. I wonder today, are you, are you guilty of living like an Edomite in this world today? Secure in who you are and what you are and what you've built up and what you've accomplished for yourself? If you're lost, you can never, ever, ever you can never, ever experience that deliverance that we read about. You can never, ever experience salvation without, first of all, recognizing your need. And it's only when you really see the need for your own sins that you'll fall upon your knees and cry out to God. That's what will make the difference. That's what will bring deliverance. But, of course, Christians can also get caught in that trap of deception, of living like an Edomite in this world. Sadly, that loss is beyond calculation. Not only in what you lose in this life, not only in the rewards in the life beyond, but may I see maybe the one that is the hardest to calculate at all in the lives of those around you that maybe... It's the light through you that's the only way they'll see that they are the ones that are deceived, that they can see their own deception under which they are living. They honestly believe that they're good people. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about the people that are the dearest to us in this world. If we get caught in the Edomite trap, in the deception that they were caught in, then the people that are the closest to us may end up paying the dearest price by spending eternity in that place called hell because of what they see in our lives. Maybe, maybe you're the only one through whom that light will shine that will allow them to see their own deception. What an indescribable loss that would be. Revelations 19 to 22 give us a clear picture of what lies ahead for us. The world as a whole will be deceived. They will side with God's enemies just as Edom did. But at the battle of Armageddon, they will all be destroyed just as Edom was. Christ's kingdom will be set up. It'll be set up for a thousand years here upon this earth. At the end of that, Satan will again deceive many people, and they will rise up. But their doom will come, the judgment of all mankind. And I read you these words in closing this morning from the book of Revelation, chapter 20. He says in verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Oh, yeah. His final destruction is coming. 
And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's the end that lies ahead for all those that are deceived. Satan himself, the great deceiver, and all those that have been deceived with him will be cast into that place. But aren't you glad? You notice the next words? <laughs> and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see, there's two endings. Oh, we've got a glorious ending. But the problem is we live in a world just like Edom, a world full of people that are deceived. But they will be a people destroyed if they don't become a people delivered. Only God can deliver them but he will deliver them. That's my challenge to you today. Are you here? Do you know without a shadow? I don't care. You know how many times I've asked this question and yet I can never ask it enough. Do you know today that you've been delivered from your sin? Not because of who you think you are or what you've done or what you will do. Not because of how much better you are than everybody else out there but because you recognize what a vile sinner that you are and that it's only by God's grace and you humble yourself just as that publican and you cry out for mercy for God to forgive you. Well, if you haven't done that today, you need, you must. Because just as the Edomites were deceived, the great deceiver is deceiving you today if you think that you're okay in any way without that. Christians has... The Edomite culture had its influence upon you. Is your light shining as bright as it should today? There are many, many people around you that are deceived. But their only chance of deliverance is that they might see that deception. 
Maybe it's you. Oh, I just pray today. Don't get caught up. Don't be deceived by this world around us. Let us be a people. Let us be God's people no matter what. Let us stand with him and for him and upon his word. Let our lives somehow make a difference in this world that we live in. Father, I thank you today. Lord, as always, there's so much in your word. There's so much that could be said. And Lord, I just pray that you would take these passages today, that you would speak to people's hearts, not the words they've heard from me, but the words they hear from you. Lord, if there's anybody here today that's not saved, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray, God, that you would speak to their heart, that you would convict them, that you would draw draw them to yourself, Lord, that they would respond today in the only way that they can, by humbly, humbly calling out to you for mercy, humbly calling out to you for forgiveness that can only be had through the finished work of Christ. And Lord, for every Christian here today, encourage them again, Lord, that yes, the end of the story, the enemy will be destroyed, but we will be delivered. Deliverance is ours. And that should make us rejoice and shout with joy. But at the same time, it should challenge us that there are many around us that are deceived today. Lord, help us. Help us. Help us that our lives can make a difference, that that light can shine, that those around us that have been so deceived can come to recognize the deception. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 